Will I sing hallelujah or will I be able to speak at all? It's a good question. Will I sing hallelujah or will I be able to speak at all? Would you pray? Father, we pause now and we acknowledge you for who you are. You are everything. You are not something, you are everything. You're the breath in our lungs, you're the life in our flesh, you are our past, our present, our future. You are everything. Everything that is, is because of you. We are right now because of you. We will be because of you. And today we assemble in this place to worship you. You have given us your word. You have revealed yourself to us through your word. And today, I pray that the word of God will speak. In Jesus' name, amen. Word of God, speak. Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. One day, as he saw the crowds gathering. One day, as he saw the crowds gathering. Jesus went up on the mountainside and he sat down. His disciples gathered around him and he began to teach them. He began to teach them. God blesses those who are poor and realize their need for him, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses those who mourn, for they will be comforted. God blesses those who are humble, for they will inherit the whole earth. God blesses those who <clears throat> hunger and thirst for, for justice, for they will be satisfied. God blesses those who are merciful, for they will be shown mercy. God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. God blesses those who are persecuted for doing what is right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. God blesses you when people mock you. God blesses you when people persecute you and lie about you and say all sorts of evil things about you simply because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Be very glad. For a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember the ancient prophets, they were persecuted in the same way. You are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? No. It'll be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world. Like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand 
where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone, everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Don't misunderstand why I have come. I did not come to abolish the law of Moses or the writings of the prophets. No, I came to accomplish their purpose. I tell you the truth, until heaven and earth disappear, not even the smallest detail of God's law will disappear until its purpose has been achieved. So if you ignore, if you ignore the least commandment and you teach others to do the same, you'll be called the least in the kingdom of heaven. But anyone who obeys God's laws and teaches them will be called great in the kingdom of heaven. But I warn you, unless your righteousness is better than the righteousness of the teachers of the religious law and the Pharisees, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. You have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. But I say, but I say, if you are angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. If you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. And if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. So if you are presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple, and you suddenly remember that someone has something against you, leave your sacrifice there at the altar. Go and be reconciled to that person. Then you can come and offer your sacrifice to God. When you're on your way to court with your adversary, settle your differences quickly. Otherwise, your accuser may hand you over to the judge who will hand you over to the officer and you'll be thrown into prison. And if that happens, you surely won't be free again until you've paid every last penny. You have heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery. But I say that anyone that even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. So if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away, it's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your stronger hand, causes you to sin, cut it off. Throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. You have heard the law that says a man can divorce his wife by merely giving her a written notice of divorce. But I say, but I say that a man who divorces his wife unless she's been unfaithful causes her to commit adultery. And anyone who marries a divorced woman also commits adultery. You have also heard that our ancestors were told, you must not break your vows. You must carry out the vows you make to the Lord. But I say, 
But I say, do not make any vows. Do not say, by heaven, because heaven is God's throne. And do not say, by the earth, because the earth is his footstool. And do not say, by Jerusalem, for Jerusalem is the city of the great king. Do not even say, by my head, for you can't turn one hair, white or black. Just a simple yes, I will, or no, I won't. Anything beyond this is from the evil one. You have heard the law that says the punishment must match the injury. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. But I say, do not resist an evil person. If someone slaps you on the right cheek, offer the other cheek also. If you are sued in court and your shirt is taken away from you, give him your coat too. If a soldier demands that you carry his gear for a mile, carry it two miles. Give to those who ask. And don't turn away from those who want to borrow. You have heard the law that says love your neighbor, hate your enemy. But I say, Love your enemies. Pray for those who persecute you. In that way, you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. For he gives his sunlight to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. And if you love only those who love you, what reward is there for that? Even corrupt tax collectors do that much. If you are kind only to your friends, how are you different than anybody else? Even pagans do that. But you are to be perfect, even as your Father in heaven is perfect. Watch out. Don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do it as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to your acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. Give your gifts in private, and your Father, who sees everything, He will reward you. When you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that's all the reward they're ever going to get. But when you pray, Go away by yourself. Shut the door behind you. Pray to your Father in private. Then your Father who sees everything, He will reward you. And when you pray, don't babble on and on as people of other religions do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating their words over and over and over and over again. Don't be like them. For your Father knows exactly what you need even before you ask Him. Pray like this. Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. 
And may your kingdom come soon. And may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need. And forgive us of our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us, Lord, from the evil one. And if you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you refuse, if you refuse to forgive others, your Father will not forgive your sins. And when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that's the only reward they're going to get. But when you fast, comb your hair, wash your face. Then no one will notice that you're fasting except your Father who knows what you do in private. And your Father who sees everything, He will reward you. Don't store up treasures here on earth where moths eat them and rust destroys them and where thieves break in and steal. Don't do it. Store your treasures in heaven where moths and rust cannot destroy and thieves do not break in and steal. Wherever your treasure is, there the desires of your heart will also be. Your eye. Your eye is a lamp that provides light for your body. When your eye is good, your whole body is filled with light. But when your eye is bad, your whole body is filled with darkness. And if the light, and if the light you think you have is actually darkness, how deep is that darkness? No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You'll be devoted to the one and you'll despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. That is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. Whether you have enough food and drink or enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food? Isn't your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns, for your heavenly Father feeds them. And aren't you far more valuable to Him than they are, than birds? Can all your worries add a single moment to your life? And why do you worry about clothing? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon, in all of his glory, was not dressed as beautifully as one of them. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown in the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have such little faith? So don't worry about these things. Saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear? These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers. But our Heavenly Father already knows your needs. 
seek the kingdom of God. Above all else, seek the kingdom of God and live righteously, and he will give you everything you need. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. For you will be treated as you treated others. The standards you use in judging is the standard by which you will be judged. And why worry about a speck in your friend's eye when you've got a log in your own eye? How can you think of saying to your friend, let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eye? Hypocrite. First, get rid of the log in your own eye. And then you'll see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. Don't waste what is holy on people who are unholy. Don't throw your pearls to pigs. They will trample the pearls and then they'll turn and attack you. Keep on asking. And you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you'll find it. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. For everyone who asks, receives. And everyone who seeks, finds. And everyone who knocks, the door will be opened. You parents, if your children ask you for a loaf of bread, would you give them a stone instead? Or if they ask you for a fish, do you give them a snake? Of course not. So if you sinful people know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give good gifts to those who ask Him? Do to others what you would have them do to you. This is the essence of all that is taught in the law and the prophets. You can enter God's kingdom, but only through a narrow gate. The highway to hell is broad, and its gate is wide for many who will choose that way. But the gateway to life, it's very narrow, and the road is difficult, and only a few will ever find it. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep but they're really vicious wolves. You can identify them by their fruit, by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or can you pick figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit. And a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and it's going to be thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, you can identify people 
by their actions. Not everyone who calls out to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. Only those who actually do the will of my Father in heaven will enter. On judgment day, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, we prophesied in your name. We cast out demons in your name. And we perform many miraculous signs in your name. But I will reply, I never knew you. Get away from me, you who break God's laws. Anyone who listens to my teachings and follows it is wise. Like a person who builds his house on solid rock. Though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters rise and the winds beat against that house, it won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teachings and ignores my teachings is foolish. Like a person who builds their house on sand. When the rains and the floods come and the winds beat against that house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed. They were amazed at his teachings, for he taught with real authority, quite unlike the teachers of the religious law. Matthew chapter 23, verse 37. Oh, Jerusalem. Jerusalem. The city that kills the prophets and stones God's messengers. How often, how often I have wanted to gather your children together as a hen protects her chicks beneath her wings, but you wouldn't let me. And now look, your house is abandoned. Your house is desolate. For I tell you this, you will never see me again until you say, Blessings on the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Matthew 24, verse 1. As Jesus was leaving the temple grounds, his disciples pointed out to him the various temple buildings. But he responded, Do you see all these buildings? I tell you the truth, they will be completely demolished. Not one stone will be left on top of another. Later, Jesus sat on the Mount of Olives. His disciples came to him privately and they said, Tell us, tell us, when will all this happen? What sign will signal your return? What sign will tell us about the end of the world? And Jesus told them, Don't let anyone mislead you. For many will come in my name claiming, I am the Messiah. They will deceive many. And you will hear of wars and threats of wars, but don't panic. Yes, these things must take place, but the end, it won't follow immediately. Nation will go to war against nation. Kingdom against kingdom. There will be famines and earthquakes in many parts of the world. But all of this is only the first of birth pains 
with more to come. Then you will be arrested. And then you'll be persecuted. And you'll be killed. You will be hated all over the world because you are my followers. And many will turn away from me. And they'll betray and they'll hate each other. And many false prophets will appear and they will deceive many people. Sin will be rampant everywhere. And the love of many will grow cold. But the one who endures to the end, he will be saved. And the good news about the kingdom will be preached throughout the whole world so that all nations will hear it and then the end will come. The day is coming when you will see what Daniel the prophet spoke about. The sacrilegious object that causes desecration, standing in the holy place. Reader, pay attention. Then those in Judea must flee to the hills. A person out on the deck of a roof must not go down to the house to peck. A person out in the field must not return to get his coat. How terrible it will be for pregnant women and for nursing mothers in those days. And pray that your flight will not occur in winter or on the Sabbath. For there will be greater anguish than any time since the world began. And it will never be so great again. In fact, unless the time of calamity is shortened, not a single person will survive. But it will be shortened for the sake of God's chosen ones. Then if anyone tells you, look, here's the Messiah, or there he is, don't believe it. For false messiahs and false prophets will rise up and perform great signs and wonders so as to deceive, if possible, even God's chosen ones. See, I have warned you about all this ahead of time. So if someone tells you, look, the Messiah's out in the desert, don't bother to go look. Or look, he's hiding here, don't believe it. For his lightning flashes in the east and shines in the west. So it will be when the Son of Man comes. Just as the gathering of vultures show that there's a carcass nearby, so these signs indicate that the end is near. Immediately after the anguish of those days, the sun will be darkened. The moon will give no light. The stars will fall from the sky. And the powers in the heavens will be shaken. And then at last, the sign that the Son of Man is coming will appear in the heavens. And there will be deep mourning among the peoples of the earth. And they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great authority. And he will send out his angels with a mighty blast of a trumpet, and they will gather his chosen ones from all over the world, from the farthest ends of the earth and heaven. Now, learn a lesson from the fig tree. 
when its branches bud and its leaves begin to sprout, you know that summer's near. In the same way, when you see all these things, you can know his return is very near. It's right at the door. I tell you the truth. This generation will not pass from the scene until all these things take place. Heaven and earth will disappear, but my words will never disappear. However, no one knows the day or the hour when these things will happen. Not even the angels in heaven or the Son himself. Only the Father knows. When the Son of Man returns, it'll be like it was in Noah's day. In those days before the flood, people were enjoying banquets and parties and weddings right up to the time that Noah entered his boat. People didn't realize what was going to happen until the flood came and swept them all away. That is the way it will be when the Son of Man comes. Two men will be working together in the field. One will be taken and the other left. Two women will be grinding flour at the meal. One will be taken and the other left. So you too must keep watch. For you don't know what day the Lord is coming. Understand this, if a homeowner knew exactly when the burglar was coming, he'd keep watch and not permit his house to be broken into. You also, you also must be ready at all times. For the Son of Man will come when least expected. A faithful, sensible servant is one to whom the master can give the responsibility of managing his household servants and feeding them. If the master returns and finds that the servant has done a good job, there will be a reward. I tell you the truth, the master will put that servant in charge of all that he owns. And what if the servant is evil and thinks, my master won't be back for a long time. He won't be back for a while. And he begins beating the other servants and partying and getting drunk, the master will return unannounced, unexpected, and he will cut the servant to pieces. And he will assign him a place with the hypocrites. And in that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of ten bridesmaids who took their lamps and they went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. The five who were foolish didn't take enough olive oil for their lamps, but the other five were wise enough to take along extra oil. When the bridegroom was delayed, they all became drowsy and they all fell asleep. At midnight, they were aroused by the shout, Look, the bridegroom's coming. Come out and meet him. All the bridesmaids got up and prepared their lamps. Then the five foolish ones said to the others, Please give us some of your oil. 
because our lamps are going out. But the others replied, we don't have enough for all of us. Go to the shop and buy some for yourselves. But while they were gone to buy oil, the bridegroom came. Then those who were ready, they went in with him to the marriage feast. And the door was locked. Later, when the other five bridesmaids returned, they stood outside calling, Lord, Lord, open the door for us. But he called back, believe me, I don't know you. So you too must keep watch. For you do not know the day or the hour of my return. Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going on a long trip. He called together his servants and entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities, and then he left on a long trip. The servant who had received five bags of silver began to invest the money, and he earned five more. The servant with two bags of silver also went to work, and he earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground, and he hid the master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip, and he called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant to whom he had entrusted five bags of silver came forward with five more, and he said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest in. I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful in handling this small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's let's celebrate together. The servant who had received two bags of silver came forward and said, Master, you gave me two bags of silver to invest, and I burned two more. The master said, Well done, my good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with handling the small amount, so now I will give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. And then the servant with one bag of silver came and said, Master, I knew you were a harsh man, harvesting crops you didn't plant, gathering crops you did not cultivate. I was afraid. I was afraid I would lose your money, so I I hid it in the earth. Look, here's your money back. But the master replied, you wicked, lazy servant. If you knew that I harvested crops I didn't plant, and you knew that I gathered crops I did not cultivate Why didn't you deposit my money in the bank? At least I could have gotten interest on it. And then he ordered, take the money from this servant and give it to the one who has ten bags of silver. 
to those who use well what they are given, even more will be given. And they will have an abundance. But from those who do nothing, even what little they have will be taken from them. Now, throw this useless servant into the outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. But when the Son of Man comes in all of His glory and all the angels will be gathered with Him, He will sit on His glorious throne and all the nations will be gathered in His presence and He will separate the people as a shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. He will place the sheep at His right hand and the goats at His left hand. And then the king will say to those on his right, Come, you who are blessed by my Father, and inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the creation of the world. For I was hungry, and you fed me. And I was thirsty, and you gave me a drink. And I was a stranger, and you invited me into your house. I was naked, and you gave me clothing. I was sick, and you cared for me. I was in prison, and you came and visited me. Then the righteous ones will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry and feed you, or thirsty and give you something to drink, or a stranger and show you hospitality, or naked and give you clothing? When did we ever see you sick or in prison and go and visit you. And the king will say, I tell you the truth, when you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers and sisters, you were doing it to me. And then the king will turn to those on his left and say, away from me, you cursed ones, into the eternal fire prepared for the devil and his demons. For I was hungry. You didn't feed me. And I was thirsty. And you didn't give me a drink. And I was a stranger. And you didn't invite me into your home. I was naked. And you didn't give me clothing. And I was sick and in prison. And you didn't invite, you didn't visit me. Then they will reply, Lord, when did we ever see you hungry or thirsty or a stranger or naked or sick or in prison and not help you? And he will answer, I tell you the truth, when you refused. When you refused to help the least of these my brothers and sisters, you were refusing to help me and they will go away into eternal punishment but the righteous will go into eternal life I have just read to you Jesus' Sermon on the Mount and Jesus' Olivet Discourse the Sermon on the Mount was from the beginning of Jesus' three year ministry the Olivet Discourse was done on a Wednesday before he died on the cross on Friday. 
These are the two longest single teachings of Jesus recorded in the Bible. These words stand on their own authority. These words stand on their own authority and their own power. They do not need my commentary. In fact, the only commentary I have is this today. We will all be judged by these words. Everyone on earth will be judged by these words. And nobody's going to say you didn't know. Because yes, you do know. We know. So we're going to do something today. Now You've probably noticed everything today is different on purpose. See, we believe in the power of the Word of God. Because when Jesus said these words, people were amazed. When Jesus said these words, people cried out, save me. When Jesus said these words, crowds came to him, fell on their face. Demons were cast out. Lives were changed. He changed the world with these words. And today, you have these words. These words have been read out loud to you. What do they do to you? It's the same words. Translated into English, same words. So Chad's going to come, we're going to sing a song. And here's what we're going to do. There is an outer darkness where there's going to be weeping and gnashing of teeth. It's real. It's real. Jesus makes it clear. If your eye offends you, pluck it out. If your hand offends you, cut it off. It's better for you to go into heaven without an eye, without a hand, than to be cast into hell. It's real. It's real. Today, we open, I don't open, Nineveh Church doesn't open. Jesus opens his arms to those who will believe and call upon his name, who will confess their sins, be born again of the water and born of the Spirit. If the Holy Spirit today is convicting you, today is the day of salvation. And there's other people in the room today, maybe you've got people you have never forgiven. You better forgive them today. You better let this stuff go today. We're going to open these altars up. If you need to come lay something down, and you go out of here today, it's on you. The Word of God today is spoken. How will you respond? The invitation's open.